listening to The Bridge Between Podcast, a weekly exploration of how a family history project transformed into a search for understanding, truth, and the points of connection between people. In dialoguing with others, we begin to understand ourselves. My name is Cisco Ramos, and this is The Bridge Between. Good morning. It is Wednesday, March 4th, 2020. This week's episode of The Bridge Between is called The Village Without Men. Where do they all go? I asked Katarina while closing the car door. What do you mean? She responded. I'm looking around and I see new textiles lying near the front of each house. Beautiful homes. Renovations to the church. Crowded streets. Food. Drink. You name it. I see mostly women. Where do the men go? What happened to them? I had this conversation with a close friend of mine. I was invited to a family celebration. It wasn't Katarina's family, but that of a friend of the family. It was one of the most remarkable experiences I've ever had. The celebration was in a small town that I will call San Sebastián, with a population no larger than 2,000 people. There were vendors of all types surrounding the town square. We sold food, clothing, backpacks, toys. If you name it, they were probably selling it. And to my surprise, there were even a handful of carnival rides, and I do remember seeing quite vividly a Ferris wheel. The church was the building around which the Pueblo was organized. I remember there being wreaths and flowers that adorned what at the time just seemed to be every inch of the church. Earlier that day, I met Catarina and her father, Guillermo, and his wife, Lucinda, bright and early for what they promised would be a long drive. We'll pick you up at 7 a.m., and it should take us about two hours to get there, they told me the previous day. It was Revolution Day, November 18th. And for those who are unfamiliar, Revolution Day is a national holiday in Mexico. And I can't quite speak to how it's celebrated throughout the country, but in this particular part of Veracruz, however, it's a very big deal. Shortly after arriving, Guillermo and Lucinda wanted to introduce me to some of their old friends. The way that they planned the trip was very simple. We'd spend two days in San Sebastián. The first day we'd make the rounds like you do at Thanksgiving. You try to visit multiple families as best as you can. And the point of visiting each family was just to catch up, to eat, and quite honestly, just to pay your respects. And what I immediately learned is that it is considered an honor to be a host. So we visited three families and the routine in each house went something like this. When people enter your house, you offer them a seat at the main dining table. At the center of the dining table are large platters of food. And I do mean quite large platters of food. I wanna emphasize that. Such as tamales, brisket, rice, beans, and tortillas. And next to the food are beverages. So oftentimes you'd see Coca-Cola, bottled water, jaritos for the children, beer and tequila for the adults. And members of the host family either ate after their guests were seated and were already eating, or they ate in an adjacent room. What is important in this moment is that all members of the family were serving their guests. The symbolism here is actually quite heavy. And as an outsider looking in, this immediately told me two things about the experience. It came at a great expense to be the host family, not just in terms of the time cooking, which just to adequately prepare the meals, it most likely took days but also in terms of just the financial expense. That amount of food and beverage is not cheap. 
At the first home, Guillermo, Lucinda, Caterina, and I ate at the Gonzalez's family table. The two words that were, that were spoken the most were come bien, eat well. I interpreted this as meaning that it could be perceived as an insult if you don't. Approximately two hours after arriving to the Gonzalez home, we then made our way to briefly say hello to Don Fernando, an elder in the community whose home was in the middle of renovation. Tiles were everywhere and a fresh coat of paint was about to be applied and whose son, he later told me, worked in a small town in the United States. He thinks somewhere in Iowa. After about an hour of conversation, we all went to the home of the Dominguez family, just down the street. And as we arrived, the house was overflowing with guests. The brisket was almost gone. A second batch of tamales were being steamed in a large metallic bin on the side of the house. Senor Gonzalez offered us a seat on the outside under this canopy, and he sat across the table from me. And as we sat there eating, Senor Gonzalez looked at me and said that he wanted to introduce me to his neighbor, Filberto. Filberto, I remember him saying, lived just down the street and for a brief time lived near Bloomington, Indiana close to the university where I earned my PhD. As we wrapped up dinner, Filberto invited me to his house because he wanted to show me the progress that was being made on the renovations. And as we walked down the street, th three things became very clear to me. First, San Sebastian is a town whose young men largely went to the United States to work and send money home. Second, the money that was being sent home was being used either to start small businesses or construct or reconstruct existing homes. And to give you an idea about the lack of financial opportunities and how far remittances go in the community, I asked Filberto if he were to work a job that is traditional to the region, how long would it take him to earn enough money to do the kind of things that he's currently doing to his home? And his response is something that I'll never forget. And he told me, and this is translated from Spanish, more or less it would take me about 50 years. In practical terms, I would only be able to afford one major purchase per year. One year for the television, one year for the tiles, one year for the drywall, etc. For Filberto, the prospect of working in the United States not only meant financial opportunity, but it also meant that he could realize social mobility. The third thing that became clear to me as a result of our conversation Something that counters a lot of rhetoric that one hears in the United States is that young men, particularly in this community, want to work but not to live long term in the United States. They want to work, save, and send a certain amount of money home and eventually return to their communities. It's one thing to hear about these stories either at the borderlands or in the interior of the United States. It's quite another thing to see the tangible benefits with your own eyes. In the middle of our conversation, I asked Filberto if he had ever lived in the United States. He said that he once worked and lived near Bloomington, Indiana. And to give you a sense of just how far this is, the distance between San Sebastián, Veracruz, Mexico and Bloomington, Indiana is approximately 3,500 kilometers. That's 2,148 miles. It's almost the same distance from New York City to Salt Lake City in Utah. I then asked Filberto how he had arrived at the U.S.-Mexico border. I asked him this because at the time I had heard of two primary me means of arrival, 
either by legal transportation, such as a train, automobile, automobile, plane, and sometimes even by illicit means, such as smuggling or coyotes. Um, after my question seemed to linger in the air for a moment, Filberto explained to me that he walked to the United States from Seb San Sebastián. He didn't provide details, and out of respect, I didn't, I didn't ask further. He told me that it took him about three weeks to get to the border, and about another three weeks of walking to get to Indiana. The big takeaway of this story is that we're deeply interconnected in ways that are visible and invisible. What surprised me most about this experience were the previously invisible stories of how small-town Mexico and the Huasteca are tied and shaped by the United States, and vice versa. The odyssey that young men in Mexico undertake for the uncertainty of social betterment is something that I hope you can relate to. Not all of the young men return, and not all of the young men even make it to the United States. Tragic stories can be found in San Sebastián. They travel long distance to work in what can be considered hostile conditions, to work for a better life, to work for your family, to provide for what you can. These are the things that I can relate to, and I'll never forget Filberto's story. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Bridge Between podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you'd like to reach out, you can email me at thebridgebetween at gmail.com. That's thebridgebtwn at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at thebridgebetween. That's thebridgebtwn. Thank you for listening. <laughs>